Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by nonprofit Professional Performance 360 magazine. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. Greetings. It's Hugh Ballou again, and my guest today has got a lot of moxie, Sandy Papavero. We were talking just a few minutes before we started this recording, and whoa, there's some fireworks. We work with uh, leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and we wish we could get in there and mess with them. Actually, we do, <laughs> we do don't we? We so, do, so. we do. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for having me today, Hugh. Thank you for being here. So tell people a little bit about Sandy. What's your background? And tell us exactly what your, your superpower is, your sweet spot that we're going to focus on today. Well, I have my Wonder Woman cape on today, so we'll go that route. Um, I'm actually married with four awesome kids and um, have had 25 years of business experience. Fortunate enough to run businesses, some have been awesome, some not so great. And I think that what I've learned to take away from the not so great ones were how to turn them around and make them great. And we've owned everything from funeral homes to bakeries. Um, usually <laughs> it's a, that, that one's a long story, but that was actually quite fun. And I think it was one of the most profound moments in my career is opening something that I had absolutely no idea anything about except how to eat donuts. Um, I didn't know anything about food service or putting myself out there in the regard that I could actually learn how to do something like that. And it was at the same time we were running the funeral home. So that was always a big joke, you know, fill people up with the donuts and maybe they'll have a heart attack and come into our funeral home. <laughs> but, um, but all kidding aside, I had been a career sales and marketing person with an entrepreneurial background. And um, our family had a series of, uh, we have four different funeral homes and owned by my mother-in-law, my, my husband's family, and then we also have one in Massmouth, Queens, that's family as well. And it's always been interesting because it's a difficult business as it is. Um, but when I stepped in, my father-in-law had become a little bit ill, and I was afraid of what was gonna happen to our business if I didn't take over. Having the business background, I thought I was the best person for the job until I got in there. And I thought in about a year, I'd be laying in the casket next to everybody else because it was just overwhelming. Um, there were two things that really defined how I took my business to the next level. I'd always been in financial planning, but working for the funeral home, I started to see how failed succession plans 
could ruin a company's, never mind a family-owned business, mm-hmm. which family-owned businesses, I think, have a lot more difficulty than regular business. Uh, just because you can't, you don't usually yell at your coworker the way that you'll yell at your, your family member. Um, but a lot of times people enter the business because they have a skill set. They don't necessarily have the knowledge or the wherewithal to take their businesses to different levels. And that's what I'm finding. Um, and then on the other side, I noticed that a lot of people that were coming in that owned businesses, the death of their loved one was a shock sometimes and they were not prepared. Mm-hmm. So what I saw was an opportunity to go out to other businesses and where I do my best work is helping people to create that structure and help them to understand how to collaborate their advisors, put together a team such as me leading it. And you were the orchestra, Hugh, so you know what it's like. You were the leader. So there always needs to be a leader. And what I found was my best skill set was to bring in the family of advisors, so to speak. So when my father-in-law finally passed away, and it was too late, obviously, to put together a proper succession plan, we were left with an estate planning nightmare. And sometimes, you know, they say the shoemaker's shoes are never shined. Well, my father-in-law, with all due respect, he didn't plan his own funeral. We just had a mess of issues, and it was tough. It was it was very difficult for our family. The conflict, um, the sleepless nights of wondering how we were going to rebound from where our former glory days had been. Um, and the first thing I did was I basically fired everyone that we had on our staff, from the corporate lawyers to the accountants to the bankers, and I put a whole new team together. And that's when I realized what my strength was was being the leader to put together everyone and collaborating together to find how we were going to get ourselves over this hump. And three and a half years later, we are doing better than we've ever done. Um, couldn't be prouder of the team that has helped us. And now I've learned to put structures and procedures together within the organization so that if one of us were not present, the company would not skip a beat. And I think that's what's really important in companies is entrepreneurs and small business owners, medium size, they're so involved in their day-to-day running of their companies, they never have time to work on it. And that's where I think that what I do for my clients, that's how I know where I serve them best. Absolutely. We were noodling on a title for this. Uh, that's really brilliant. We, we call those learning opportunities rather than mistakes. Absolutely. And people who succeed get up one more time than they fall down. You got moxie. You just rolled up your sleeves and got in there and took charge and turned that yes. around. Um, and I, I, I'm afraid to estimate how, what percentage of businesses, churches, nonprofits, synagogues don't have a succession plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were noodling on a title and we were connected by Ashley, your publicist, uh, who's brilliant in the work she does. Um, so she suggested actions business owners and entrepreneurs can take to ensure financial success. And you just upped it a little bit by saying how to create a badass business. <laughs> yes. Well, there's lots of things that come to mind. And you and I both have, a, I work with uh, mid-cap size companies, charities, but also work with entrepreneurs. And we as entrepreneurs all have the shiny object syndrome. We want to go oh, after yeah 
after things. And uh, the Baloo 1090 rule, there's a Pareto 80-20 rule, but the Baloo 1090 rule is your expertise, your product, your service, your book, your your content is 10% of your business. 90% is what makes that that possible. But yeah. 90% is what helps you be successful. And part of that is the work I do with strategy. Part of it's the work you do with financial responsibility and process. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's so key. That's so key um, for success. So um, let's, let's hit right on the nail on the head and talk about succession planning. So what are the key reasons why people, you know, if we can't extract it from what you just talked about, that was real life. But if somebody were to ask you, why should I have a succession plan? People could figure it out. That's a fantastic, fantastic question. I hope you hear it all too often. And I'm in a lot of different groups. Um, I feel that people don't want to face the morbidity of realizing that, that someone will pass away. I think that people like to keep on a happier note. They're always up and thinking, what's going to happen today? They're focused on sales. They're focused on hiring. They're focused on their product. What they're failing to do is the back end. And the succession plan is so important. And they always say that you should start your succession planning 15 years at least before the person who would like to bring in the successor actually comes in. So that could be at age 40 to 45 if you want to actually have a life after you've built your business. But there's different theories to the succession plan. I work with a lot of family-owned businesses, and I find that that's where I do my best work because I've lived it. And like you said, falling down is okay as long as you know how to get back up. Um, The people who are in the succession world of putting their business back together, they don't understand how to groom their next, next successor, especially people who are in the family business because you have the oldest brother and maybe he's not the most qualified, but he feels, well, I'm the oldest brother, so I should take over. So no one wants to do anything because they really don't know what the right things are to do. And unless you seek out that assistance, there's no one to tell you. And I I call it a very myopic view. So every year you get your taxes done by your tax professional. You hand him over your big file from the year, your QuickBooks file, whatever it is that you use, and you hand it to him. A couple weeks later, you get returned your return, you sign off on it, either you owe money or you don't. But sometimes there's no consulting that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. Then you have your legal professional. He set up your legal structure. No one is sitting down and talking to you about how to do all this together. So unless the person in charge of your organization or someone like me comes along, that doesn't normally happen in businesses. I would say only about 15% of businesses that are between 1 million and 10 million actually have a formal succession plan that they look at every year because things are ever changing. It needs to constantly be reviewed. There needs to be the grooming of the successor. There needs to be, well, maybe, you know, Sister Susie isn't going to be part of the organization. Why is she getting shares? The conflict that goes on within that that family business can all be taken away if they had just done things and be proactive. And we all say we want to be proactive, and the, and the 
time and is, is it the time there? Are we, are we giving ourselves the opportunity to work on these things that are going to help our business, you know, as we move forward. And I think that that's one part of the problem is, is that a lot of the people don't want to take a look at what's not affecting them at the moment. And that's where I see that if I can just help people to understand and learn that all these years they worked to put together this legacy and then within 20 minutes of somebody passing away it can all be gone if it's not done properly. So oh, I work oh. really hard with my clients to make sure that that's not the case. Wow. That's a whole lot of data. And it's a whole lot of important stuff that we don't even think about. That's part of that 90% mm -hmm. we don't know that we don't know. Right. It's going to hurt us. And yes. we have a life event. Um, I, my wife and I have spent, um, eight, eight and a half years studying a whole system called Bowen family system. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a leadership system oh, wow. by a, a psychiatrist, Murray Bowen, B-O-W-E-N. There's a Bowen center in Georgetown university that continues the study. And it's, it's about the culture and it's about us as a leader in that culture. And you mentioned the oldest brother. I'm the eldest brother of brothers, very distinctive take charge style. Yes. So there's all of these dynamics that go on and, and, Really, <clears throat> we all show up in any group as we showed up in our family of origin. It's just magnified when we're in a family business mm -hmm. and all the things that work in the family don't necessarily carry over in the business. And it's, it's things happen that we're not aware of the consequences of our actions. And when we have a death, for instance, we talk about a death, um, Bowen calls that a nodal, N-O-D-A-L, nodal event. And it magnifies all of this behavior. Absolutely. And, let's, and if we don't know what's going on, we, we react poorly to it and actually make it worse. My podcast, 8, 9, and 10, are about Bowen Systems. And my, my co leadership coach is in her 80s, and she was a colleague of Murray Bowen. And so 8, 9, 10 of Orchestrating Success are about this leadership style and how we can manage ourselves. But you're really giving us some processes and procedures and some some learning. Um, I'm a Southerner. Can you tell some learning? <laughs> we, we, we say y'all, but we also say all y'all is plural. Um, so let's talk about some of the tools that leaders, we're, we're looking at capable leadership. How do we continue to grow our awareness of what we need? And people get this printout at the end of the month, this P&L and balance sheet, maybe cash flow statement. Um, if you're lucky and we look at it and say, Oh, we made this much money. Thank you. We don't know what to look at. So right. why is it important for an owner uh, or entrepreneur, business owner, uh, president to be able to read financial statements? I think that's one of the most important things. And I was self-taught in QuickBooks. I was self-taught on my financial. Um, and I, I really think that my acumen grew as I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but I made it my business because how was I going to help our family business get to the next level if I didn't learn it? But I afforded myself that time to spend. And I feel as if a lot of entrepreneurs, they do not take the time to increase their skill sets in other areas except for what they went into the business for. So understanding, they, they, they always think, okay, I'm supposed to be, I mean, we really do wear how many hats? 21 hats as an entrepreneur. You know, you're trying to get new clients. You're marketing your services. Mm -hmm. You're keeping up. My number one 
thing that I find that is the most necessary in a, in a company is your customer service. I was fortunate enough to work for the late Chet Holmes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Chet. Uh, he was one of the most amazing salespeople and leaders that I've known and had the opportunity to do business consulting with. But we would spend our days getting them into our, our consulting world. This is back in the mid-2000s. And um, he then partnered with Tony Robbins, which was amazing because I, I couldn't believe that I had that opportunity to work with Chet and Tony at the same time. Um, if you ever have the opportunity, Chet Holmes, The Ultimate Sales Machine, is probably one of the most underrated best books that was out there. And he just did some phenomenal writing in there. And one of the things he said is, know your numbers. You'll never know or understand what your company and the performance is at unless you know your numbers. So find some time to invest in yourself. Find some time to understand how to grow your company. We're not talking budgets. Budgets are constantly able to adapt to them. So if I go over my grocery budget, my household for the month, what do I do? I up my budget. What we need to do is look at the history of our company. And we need to say, okay, what we did for the past six months, year, is going to dictate what we're going to do for the future. So let's forecast. Let's sit down and understand. And through that, hire someone such as myself, such as an accountant that has actually a consulting background. And learn the cash flow. Learn how to put together income statements. A profit and loss statement isn't just for people to put down numbers and never look at again. There's reasons. Those numbers tell a story. Those numbers tell what's going on in your company. What are your operating expenses look like? But most people in the entrepreneurial small businesses go in because they know how to do something that they're very good at and they want to leave their job. But what they've done is they've just taken another paycheck somewhere else for more hours. And that's what I see every day with my clients. Not so much the startups because I'm able to get my hands on them very early on and mold them into what they need to be. But the ones who are scaling from three to five million, that seems to be a very big jump, that three to five million. And you've worked with enough companies to know where that sweet spot is. Mm -hmm. When you're not properly protected and you don't know your numbers, how are you supposed to know what your liabilities are? What are your assets? What are you protecting? People are underinsured. No partnership agreements. No operating agreements. They don't know how to hire. They don't know how to fire. These are all the things that I work with them to set them up. I work with husband and wife teams that have no partnership agreements. They get divorced. Imagine that in court. Oh, oh. That's a fun one. <laughs> but can all be avoided is just people don't want to think about the things that are not giving them revenue at the time. So I have a whole system set up that I sit down and each week working with me, you can work with me either on a monthly, a three month or a six month, or I stay on your almost, I call it like an entrepreneur's personal CFO it can go up into you know a year. I have clients that have hired me ongoing just so that we can keep working on these skill sets. And I think what's really different about what I do as well, Hugh, is that if I don't know something, I make sure I bring in the proper person who does. And I'm, I'm like a, a serial connector. Ooh. So maybe I don't have Ooh. all these skill sets, but I'll, I, I know where to find them. Um. Yeah, I'd love to work with you. You're, 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 um, you're out there. 
Um, you've hit on a lot <laughs> stuff that would have a lot of people shaking in their boots, you know, really, really thinking, Oh my word, I got to do something different. So, so there's, there's the startup entrepreneur who can begin at the beginning to put some of these pieces in place. And part of what I find is I don't care where they are, if they're a startup or they're running a $5 million company, there's a whole lot of blind spots. People are totally unaware that they don't have some of these mechanisms in place. Absolutely. It's, I guess, the, the first place is for um, people to become aware. Do you have a, a blog or a podcast or books or have you written on this stuff where people can go find out some stuff? Do you have information to share with people? Yeah, so I actually, because I have to live and walk my own talk because everything else would just be just be stuff that's put out there and no one can act upon it. And, uh, and not everybody wants to hire a consultant. And I can completely understand that. Even though I'm kind of a hybrid, um, I have the financial prowess and then I also have the consulting side. But what I'm doing right now is I'm putting together more of a passive income stream for myself because I'm only one person. And yes, I, I do have, I work with probably 40 different people that I work with every day as far as my coordination team. But what I'd like to do for people, I put, I put together a lot of free courses. So they all be able to sign into my website and once they're on my mailing list, then they are able to receive cash flow statements. They're able to understand how to read income statements. So they can have this at their own use and I want to provide as much value for them as possible. So it's Sandy Papavero. dot com is my website. P A Sandy is this A N D Y P A P A V E R O dot com. Yes, correct. That's my website. There's a few articles on there. I was fortunate enough to be featured in uh, Forbes magazine and Inc magazine for some different articles relating to customer service, which I think is the lifeblood of any business. Without customer service, and that is one way to differentiate yourself today. So one of the things I think that I bring to the table, which is different than other regular consultants or regular financial planners is, I have a background on every single thing that I just talked about. And putting this all together will build a business strategy that creates that longevity that you and I just talked about. I also heard you say you do this stuff in your own business. I do, every day. <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote my first book, um, it took me 40 years. I, I served mega churches and I, that's a pretty hard place to lead from the middle. Um, cause you have all these volunteer kind of people to, yes. relate. but, um, you know, we did some pretty respectable stuff in 40 years, but, um, <clears throat> I wrote the book it took me 40 years, but 30 days to put it on paper. But I wrote the chapter getting things done first. And then I felt this compelling need to follow what I had written because it's what I know in having managing hundreds of events a week, you have to have a process in place. But um, I felt this integrity. Okay, Baloo, you need to do what you're teaching. So that's yes. a, I, I picked that up. You slipped that one in there, but I, I, I pull that out to take note that you actually do this stuff yourself. Um, one of the the financial struggles, uh, especially for smaller early stage companies, is cash flow. So mm -hmm. talk about cash flow uh, in a minute. And I used the analogy before we started this that there's cash flow analysis brake lights, there's cash flow forecast headlights. 
I don't know if you agree with that or not, but if we, you get, a lot of people get investment money. I've seen people raise 10, $20 million and go broke because they didn't understand how long they had before that ran out, the burn rate, until they started generating a profit. They didn't do a forecast. And also their budget didn't tie to milestones in their strategy if they had a strategy, you so your your line item that you spend a dollar should tie to a milestone actually makes things happen. So there's a there's a discipline in the strategy and what you talk about reading the financial piece and looking at your cash flow. You don't make money on cash flow, but it sure can hurt you, right? Absolutely. Well, I think too many entrepreneurs start out by financing their businesses, and I am definitely victim to this in the beginning, the early stages. You. I didn't look for angel money. I didn't look for bank loans. I wanted to be able, originally this is going back into my early 20s when my first uh, startup. But we never separated our, our personal bank account from a business bank account. Yeah. Just just in the start. And, and you ha I didn't know enough. It was like one of those things where you just write checks because you're trying to better yourself and grow. And without understanding what's coming in, what's going out. But I, I work with companies that are, are upward of $500,000 right now that are still not doing that. Not that they're putting their, their personal monies in, but you talked about cash flow. There's a difference between how much cash is sitting in your bank account than what's profit. So a lot of what I work with my clients on is how to read the cash flow statement, how mm -hmm. to read an income statement, how to understand your balance sheet. What's an asset? What's a liability? How can we, we can increase our assets and make us look like a more profitable company if we need to go get money somewhere? Especially for venture capitalists, they wanna see that their assets are, are bigger than your liability. So what's working capital? And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs don't know what their operating expense is. You can't manage what you can't measure. Mm -hmm. So that's one of, the disciplines that I teach is to be able to manage what is in your account. Never mind, I have, I, I, with all respect to my family, you know, I have a, a, a family member who says, Oh my gosh, we just got paid all this money. Let's go buy, you know, a new lawnmower for the company. No, 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 no. You, you need to see what's going out first. You need to understand your numbers. You need to be able to set your goals and your forecasts. And then you work yourself backwards. How do we know what to put in our GPS if we don't know the destination we're going to? That's my biggest thing. We need to always work backwards. Love it. I love it. You're just, uh, we're in such sync. My, I, I named my company Center Vision. It's the synergy of the common vision. We are, we're so in sync with that. You slipped in another one. I'm going to highlight. You can't manage what you can't measure. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like this. You're you're giving us a whole lot of knowledge on what I'm willing to bet a lot of us have missing. We're, we're missing this. We don't have it. We don't have knowledge of it. Maybe we're not even aware mm -hmm. that um, it's missing or even where to start. So sandypapavero.com. Uh, you can mm -hmm. sign in there. You can get some free stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's very generous of you. I, I, I likewise have free eBooks and programs that um, people who aren't ready for me or don't exactly need me can learn some things in the meantime. Yes. yes. So, Agreed. And I think that's really important because they need to understand what you're all about. And I don't want to come at it as fear-based. 
you know, the chances of becoming disabled in your business. I, I didn't really realize how large all of this was inside of a business until it happens. And sitting across from people who have just lost their loved one and they didn't understand their husband's pension programs and no one ever wants to talk about it. You know, we all talk about proper protection. I'm always of the protection first. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna take a look at your business. But once I have you set up on the legal background, the agreements, take a look at your tax liabilities. What are your tax advantages? Are you protected should anything happen to you? Number one. Number two, then we can start to work on the systems and procedures of your business. And it's not that people don't know it, I just sometimes think that they don't have enough time. There's so much going on, too much overwhelm. So if we can get all these structures and procedures in place for small businesses and have them understand even the slightest bit of cash flow, then at least they can look at their ratios and understand where they're going to be going, help them goal set, put together and tie some you know, advisors that are able to be there for them. I think it puts people at ease knowing that they're going to be able to build out their business and if something, God forbid, were to happen and interrupt that, then they're at least going to be okay. But, you know, I hear from a lot of my clients, and I think it's very interesting. They say, well, why do I want to think about succession? I'm not selling. But one of the things I feel that businesses are, are not doing well today, with all the wonderful things they are doing well, one of the things I think that is lacking is looking and investing in the future of your company Otherwise, again, like I mentioned earlier, then you just have a job. If you take your business and scale it so that without you in it, you're still making income, that's called an asset. And now we've got something real. We're not just taking a paycheck and living, you know, by the, I call it like a, a, life, a life check. You're just living every day. Your business is producing a way for you to earn income each month. But when you scale your business so that if you stepped away from it, because most entrepreneurs, you know, they think they're going to die with their boots on, but we don't want that for our lives. So I help them to create that asset. And I think that that's really, really important. So protection first, knowledge, education, succession planning, and putting together a team of advisors. Wow. Advisors. Yeah. You've, you've hit on a lot of really good stuff. The ratios is a whole nother Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is. We, we're just totally, that's something the accountants yes. know that we should know. Um, but there's so many, there's some critical ones that we just need to watch out for. So I'm, I'm, I'm making notes here. <laughs> Go off to my accountant and my, <laughs> my lawyer. Oh yeah, I got to, I got to tend to that. You know, part of us um, is optimistic. Part of us is, is um, blind. And part of us doesn't think we know how to do any of this, so we just put it off to later, procrastinating. I mean, there's lots of scenarios that I've seen, and I'm not innocent of any of these things. I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. I mm -hmm. to be a I, I I do attempt to employ all the things that I teach, like you. I just think, how are you going to teach them if you can't stand behind absolutely stand behind it? Um, so I'm making a whole lots of notes of things I need to be attentive to. So Sandy, you've, you've really opened up some, I would going to say important, but I think they're crucial topics for the financial health of a small business, a bigger business, mm -hmm. uh, a charity, an association, a church or a synagogue. These are all strong principles 
that ought to be embedded in the culture, in the process and procedure manuals for the organization. And there should be surrounding yourself with advisors is so important. But the other part of that is listening to them. Yes. And, and collaborating together because I may ask my accountant a question, but without the knowledge of my lawyer being present or the banker, we actually can work on some things to set up. I mean, what we did with our family funeral homes without everyone being present together or even on conference calls. And that is the first thing I do when I work with a, a small business or any size business is I, I get everyone on the phone together. Like, let's talk about the financial health. Let's talk about the agreement structure. Let's talk about the safety of this company. Where's it going? Where's it been? You know, how can we make it better? Because once that's done, then at least we have a, a system to put into place and we know where we're running to. You know, we're not Forrest Gump. We didn't just get on the road and start running across country. We need to know every level. And in order for a company to be successful, we can't just pray for more clients to walk in the door. There has to be a reason. So all these things, Courtney, and you know, working with a lot of startups now, I've I've been fortunate now to get myself um, to get them to start with the demographics of their competitors. I mean, there's so many things that go into running a business, but I think when you start to break it down, and for the person who's coming in because they have a terrific skill set or they had this great idea. Well, I'm even more important into their lives because it's like an event coordinator. You know, I put together these yeah. things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is one of the things I'm doing for people to add value is to put together something called a business in a box. So that way they can go in and do kind of an informal hmm. checklist. Ooh, ooh. I'd like to collaborate with you and see if there's a leadership component that I have that could, could enhance that. Absolutely. You just, um, you just rock in our world here today. This is so important, all these things. And I'm, uh, I'm just, I gotta, I gotta shut this down and go to my accountant now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you help people all action the action is now <clears throat> um absolutely we really get overwhelmed and you look at the statistics of the the failure rate for entrepreneurs <laughs> and the failure rate for nonprofits, and it's it's amazingly high absolutely and, and i bet you we're not even measuring some of this lack of succession planning piece because some some organizations go on and they're highly compromised yes because we don't have the charisma and the knowledge base of the leader uh, entrepreneurs want to keep it up here we haven't put it on paper we haven't installed it into the culture and, right. and so people are blind I wonder how he did this well he's no longer here I, I had a friend whose brother in his 30s had a heart attack in a car and died the next day and um, it was such a surprise and, and there are so many people that just all of a sudden are here and they're gone. And we're wondering what their library was, what their knowledge base was up here. And, and so what you've, you've uh, let me play back at you some of the important things to learn about all of these processes and procedures having to do with the financing of our business, but also some of the other components that you brought up about how do we build the right team? How do we have the right advisors? How do we learn the things that you don't have to do the balance sheet and the, and the email, but you need to know what, it, what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. and so there's an education piece and you have some free stuff on Sandy 
Papavero, P-A-P-A-V-E-R-O.com. And we'll put that in the notes. If you want to comment, uh, HughBalooPodcast.com is where you can go. And this will be uh, released uh, in a few days, Sandy. And it'll be live. Hugh Baloo Podcast will take you to the 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 list of all the podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we just went over sixteen thousand listeners uh, yesterday. That is congratulations. So there's a couple of people that are out there. I, I'm always interested when I go to groups and people say, "Now, like you said on your podcast, I like." Oh. <laughs> I understand that, and I, and I think it's very important. And another thing, just to just to reiterate that about the the, the succession planning, you would. You had said something very important a moment ago is that the entrepreneurs, especially old school, I mean, I sit on two boards. Uh, we, I'm a, a founding member of a 5013C, so I know how important those not-for-profits are. And we do a lot of great work yearly. Um, but a lot of those people come together because we're just a bunch of women who had, you know, um, unfortunately, some of us had breast cancer. Some had, you know, lost our loved ones to cancer. So we came, came to, and the knowledge base isn't always there. So seek out help, you know, make sure you seek out because the more, the more that you know how to control that not-for-profit, the more money you'll raise to be able to contribute to your foundation that you started it for, for a reason. But going back to what you said about the person in charge, a lot of times that's job security for them. Mm -hmm. Ego. I know older family members. I started this business. My name's on the door. You know, we heard that a lot. <laughs> but if you don't share your knowledge with the people who are working with you, then you're not going to sustain the, the longevity that you were looking for. This is a family legacy. You know, they say that 33% go to second generation. By the time it gets to the third, it's only 13%. Oh. And a lot of that is just oh. because they don't know how to pass it on. But... Well, yeah, in, in once in Africa, when the man dies, they burn his library. We want to have it live, and our yes. legacy is what we're working so hard for. Yes, absolutely. Why should it die with us? This is so critical. This is so mm-hmm. – it's timely in my life. I, the older I get, the more I'm aware of my, my mortality. And you know, I've just got a checklist that's growing. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I don't want to overwhelm anyone out there because if you do it properly and you take little chunks and we, we work on it, so that's why each week is something new. You know, love each it. Love week it. is something new for clients. That's great. Put it in bite-sized chunks. I do. I, I, come along, I come at groups and speak at groups and I give them a lot of data and people go, whoa, that's too it much. Is. It's information overload. Yeah. So we have given people a lot of stuff. We will transcribe this and have it in the notes so there'll be something for people to follow. Yes. And on, on the website, your website, is there a contact place for people if they want to uh, have a conversation? I thought you would say yes. that. Um, well, Sandy, you got your act together. I'm impressed. Yeah. And, and, and every day and understanding more and more. And like you said, I've lived it. And then when you live those moments, you just feel my passion was to go out and never let a small business, medium sized business go through what we had to go through. It's not necessary. If you set yourself properly, the stress levels can be reduced. You can enjoy your business. You can enjoy your future. You can understand how it works without stressing. I mean, why become an entrepreneur if you can't sleep at night? It didn't make any sense to me. I know, go back, get a job, collect a paycheck, you know, have a pension and retirement. Why go through this? Obviously, entrepreneurs go into business for a reason. They have this, this passion to, to do something different for the world. So my job is to help them accomplish that. 
and I love what I do every day. It's just interesting. I can tell. Your, your, passion, <laughs> your passion is visible. I can feel it. I want sure. you to think about a parting uh, tip or comment for people, and I want to get a word in. This podcast is sponsored by Rock Paper Simple, rockpapersimple.com backslash Hugh for some special offers, which I won't tell you about because they change. Uh, Rock Paper Simple is your brand manifested in a web experience. It's just not a pretty little website done by a propeller head. It's a website that makes money, attracts people, and represents your brand. Rock Paper Simple, I only recommend people that I know and trust and provide high quality. So go to rockpapersimple.com backslash Hugh and you'll see special programs for people who listen to my podcast. So Sandy, um, let's leave people with something they can noodle on. They know sandypapavero.com. They know to go there and get some of the free stuff and even ask for a conversation with you. But what tip or comment or a thought would you like to leave people with? Okay, so my largest thing that I'd like to leave everyone with today, besides protecting your business, would be thinking of ways to scale it so that you can remove yourself from it. No one should be spending 14 to 16 hours a day. How can you make what you do easier for people to get their hands on? How can you go and take three to four weeks vacation at a time and work from your laptop? You don't need to do everything in your business. You need to direct and lead from the front and everyone else needs to know what you're doing. And once you can build that kind of structural system, you will have the freedom of the whole reason you went in to become an entrepreneur to begin with. And that is my biggest takeaway for today. <laughs> awesome. Sandy Papavero, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with thank our listeners. Thank you for today. having me. This is wonderful. Thank you. Stay current on your learning curve by reading nonprofit Professional Performance 360 magazine, nonprofitperformance.org, for articles from people like Sandy Papavero. Stay at the head of your game, nonprofitperformance.org. Sign up today. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.